welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, we're going to talk about marketing. And I have invited Josh Ramsey to join me today to give us his perspective on marketing. He's the business development manager at clearbrand.com, a digital marketing agency focused on data-driven marketing that gets results, more leads, and sales. He believes without good marketing, businesses die and people suffer, and that ethical, scientific marketing can change the world. (laughs) Josh, you're a man after my own heart. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rain. I am definitely going to up my game when it comes to my speaking voice. You are so clear and enunciated. I think you've you've taken some communication, uh, <laughs> some uh, skill points there straight uh, out of the bat. So thank you. So so happy to be here and happy to share value. Thank you for being a part of the show. I I want to kick off and just let you ramble for a few minutes, and then I'm going to ask some questions because you've got a really interesting framework that you use to approach marketing for your customers. So go ahead and share your three principles, and then I'm going to pop back in and ask you some questions. Thank you so much for the space to do that. And um, yeah, I'll preface to say that I came across ClearBrand first as a customer, and then I joined the team. So I really believe in the work that they do to help businesses grow. So what I want to share with uh, you listeners right now is the three pillars of the marketing flywheel. And uh, then we got a key question that I want to leave you with towards the end of the show that you can use and think about when you go and think about your next marketing strategy and how you want to build in to, you know, the, the year ahead, the year after that, the quarter after that, this is a, it's all, it's an evergreen. It'll work regardless of where you are. So, The first piece, the first pillar of our marketing flywheel and a flywheel for those that aren't kind of engineering oriented is basically a big metal disc and you push it slowly over time and it gets faster and faster and faster. So we're looking at consistent uh, action here. And the first pillar is building memories. And basically, if you want to build memories in your customers' minds, you have to have a clear story so that they know what you sold. And you have to have a distinctive design so that they will remember you when they move into the buying moment. Basically, only 5% of the market is ready to buy from you right now. The rest of them are going to encounter a problem and remember the solution you have. That's pillar one. Pillar two, maximize availability. They need to be easy to find and easy to buy. We can unpack that at length, but let's move through to the third pillar. You have to reach the market. You need to build connections with uses of your product or service, and you need to try and meet and reach as many users as possible. We want to get the greatest possible market penetration to grow our company's revenue to make sure that we're resilient. And that, in a nutshell, Lorraine, is the marketing flywheel. Awesome. Okay, well, I love that you put those three pieces together and I really want to unpack them a little bit. And so I'd love you to talk a little bit about how you build memories around a product Mm -hmm. or a service. So why story works? A story is a framework that was popularized by Donald Miller, building a story brand. And why it works is that it's all of our human brains are very similar. We want to ascribe a cause with an effect. We want to know what caused this effect that I see. So when we communicate using story, which is at its simplest form is about cause and effect. 
you know, a great, a great first page on a plumber's website would be, we fix leaks, so you don't have to. You know, this is a very clear messaging on what it is that you do. And it basically just helps your customer store in their brain, in the appropriate place, the solution that you have. And we like to couple that not only with the kind of the, the meaning, but also the distinctive brand assets. So, you know, when you are building your plumbing business, you want to check what are my competitor colors? Oh my goodness, there's no purple plumbers out there. So I'm the purple plumber. And, and say that a hundred times fast. But a customer is not so much interested in what differentiates all the service providers they will choose from, but rather they're going to remember one and that's going to be their go-getter. And they're then going to buy from them if they're easy to find and easy to buy, but we'll get there. So, so that's the, the breakdown of building memories. You got to be very clear and succinct. If you confuse, you lose. Clear and succinct on what it is that you do and then be easily recognizable. That's how we build memories. That's such a great starting point. I have always been a storyteller, and I think it allows your customers to visualize not just who you are, but how you can help them. So I think that is a that is a wonderful starting point. So now I have my story. I'm building my website. I'm building my, my brochure, if you actually still do something like that. And now I need to maximize my availability. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So if you imagine going into a grocery store, if I'm looking for toothpaste and I walk into a grocery store, I need toothpaste. I'm in the buying moment. Toothpaste will be bought. If I go up to the shelf and my favorite brand of toothpaste is not there, I'm going to buy the one next to it, right? So in a similar way, digitally or physically, you have to be on the shelf. You have to be easy to find. So we can think about where are people looking for you so that you can be easy to find. Are they Googling for plumbers? Are they Googling for a mechanic? Um, are they looking on Facebook for recommendations? So obviously we need to do some research of where people are looking. We've got to make sure that we're on that shelf, whether it's virtual or physical. And then Aligned to that, we have to be easy to buy. So we have to have competitive pricing. We have to be as few clicks from finding to purchasing or getting a meeting or whatever it is. We need to make sure we're loading fast. We need to make sure that we're not getting in the way of a purchase. So really maximizing availability is making sure that anyone who is looking for your category, and this is another big piece, we don't want to ask why would a customer look for me we want to swim upstream and we want to ask, why would a customer look for my category? Um, and, and that is going to help us make sure that we are available wherever we need to be to get into that buying moment. So really that idea of availability touches on the whole process because you look at being where your customers are, but also once you you win the category and somebody says, okay, I, I want toothpaste and you sell toothpaste. Now mm -hmm. you have to go on to that next step of actually making it easy for someone to get to the cash mm -hmm. register and check out. Absolutely. The biggest brand in the world, Apple, they sell their phones at Walmart. 
They sell their phones with carriers. They sell their phones at Best Buy. And if the biggest brand in the world is selling their products wherever they can, wherever anybody wants to buy them, well, we need to be listing our toothpaste on Amazon, on any online store we can. Not only You can only get it if you DM me on Instagram. No, no. We do not want to be unavailable to anyone who wants to buy. I'm sure that there are brands that have been successful with that very exclusive approach, but most businesses are not high-end designer brands that need to be that selective about their customers. And so embracing that idea of availability is so important. All right, let's roll into that last one, reaching your market. So this speaks into, and I'll segue across from that high-end kind of designer good, because that would be considered what we, we call a heavy buyer. You know, someone, I'm going to buy this thing. It's $10,000 for this hat, but gosh darn it, I'm going to be the only one that has it. That's a pretty heavy buyer. What we find is that the biggest and strongest brands have a majority of light buyers. And this will blow, it blew my mind, Coca-Cola. Over 50% of revenue from Coca-Cola comes from individuals who buy one or two cans of Coke per year. Now just wrap your head around that. And that is because they have reached the entire market, right? So we want to help the market understand, and this is really getting in front of people that aren't even looking for you, right? People that look at your product and go, oh, I could never use that to solve the problem that I have. And we want to build connections with uses. We're seeing this a lot. Again, we've got a running example here with uh, a plumber. So let's use that. So somebody might think that a plumber is just there to install kitchen faucets. So you might have a sales page that says, we fit the best kitchens in the world with a no leak guarantee. You might have another page that says, we make sure that geezers never leak. And there's a user out there that doesn't realize that a plumber can both fix a geezer and a faucet. So we want to be building connections with different users into the uses that they need, right? And making sure that we're getting that initial offer out to everyone in the market. Of course, marketing limitations mean we need to focus in certain demographics if we're brick and mortar or in certain, you know, economic zones if we're a different priced item. But this is the idea here. I love that because it flies a little bit in the face of a lot of marketing wisdom that says you only niche, that you find that niche mm -hmm. and you really kind of aggressively target mm -hmm. it. And I still think that putting the majority of your funds where the people are most likely to buy, but having messaging out there that reaches that wider audience, that one time Coca-Cola customer who might decide that today is the day they want that Coke is a way of expanding. Yeah, and I think just to speak into that niche is is such a it's such a useful definition of that word because I think it does get slightly misused. Now, niching is very important for focus. If you have a limited budget, you need to get your revenue right before you double down on all this marketing. You need to be earning back. So if you can focus on that low hanging fruit, for sure, go there. Just like availability, you can't be available everywhere. You can't perfect your build your memories um, pillar, but you can do a, a version one, a version two, and build it out over time. Awesome. Well, Josh, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for dropping by. 
Thank you so much for having me on the show, and I look forward to being back. Awesome. Well, I am going to encourage anyone who's listening. There are going to be several different links in the show notes from clearbrand.com. Really, they have products that range from done for you to do-it-yourself marketing. Go in and, and check them all out and find the one that's right for you. And if you're looking for other resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. You'll find worksheets and white papers and online training that can help you move your marketing forward. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.